Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Starting off, um, so on a serious topic this week, before we get into the NerdPod, um, Coach and I, we... uh, you know, obviously, we've all seen, not just Coach and I, so uh, you know, deaths of several celebrities, and we want to take a moment to acknowledge them. Um, Kate Spade, she was 55, uh, apparently a suicide. She was in New York. Uh, that happened on the 5th of June. Jackson Odell just hit today. Uh, Jackson was in the Goldbergs. Uh, really, really funny show. Uh, 6'10". Uh, so June 10th, he was found... Um, unresponsive he was only 20 years old and uh, one that seems to hit a lot of people recently was uh, Anthony Bourdain he was found dead apparently again a suicide uh, in France on June 8th he's only 61 and um, I know we, we you know we both have a uh, pretty strong feelings about this coach and um, you know we just lost for in Troyer a few weeks ago where we had we, it was it didn't come out that it was suicide at the time but he was also a suicide yeah really sad stuff and it's crazy that that in the news um and you can look it up SAMHSA just did a recent study uh conducted over a long period of time it's interesting that it's coming out now it was matter of fact that they released it uh right in the midst of this that that suicide is up all across uh, this country. And uh, it, it speaks to uh, the fact that we need to concentrate uh, as a country on uh, mental health. It, it also says to me that uh, you just never know. Anthony Bourdain is the ultimate rags to riches. Here's a guy that was cooking fried clams on Cape Cod, um, you know, a decade ago, and now is a multi-million dollar multi-show traveling. Uh, and and you would think that that's the life that you chase down. And, uh, and it was enough because depression is real um so uh, it's a serious topic and it's a serious national uh, health crisis that we really need to be uh looking into so um heart goes out to the family but um please if you're in trouble uh th- there are so many outlets and avenues that you can uh, that you can use and uh from what we hear see in in these notes and, and the horrific nature of this is that these they people feel like they're a burden and that's the uh and and trust me the burden of you not being here and the burden that is much stronger than any uh supposed burden that you feel you're having on your friends and family around you absolutely absolutely well said um please please like if you have any of these types of thoughts uh, we both coach and i may want to make it very very clear make it a personal plea anyone who's listening that might even that might feel that way go to your loved ones go to your friends go to your family hell even even reach out to us coach and i um we'd be glad to talk uh but remember there is a place for you to turn call the national suicide prevention lifeline uh 1-800-273-8255 again that's 800-273-8255 our condolences to the families Working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Hey, man. Uh, 
episode eight. We're here, brother. We're here. We made it again. We're uh, we, we made it past that 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 tricky number seven, which uh, we've heard is the average that that podcasts do not make it past their seventh episode, and we threw that average out the window. We are at eight. So this was a very important show to get, and and technically we're at nine because remember. There is a lost episode, yeah, the Max true. Headroom the, episode. The Max Headroom episode, and <laughs> and someday, someday that thing. So we're going to have the technology to fix that episode someday, and it's going to be or highly coveted. We get to a million, one million subscribers. We'll release that thing as is. Whatever as comes is. first. <laughs> I like it. It's a, it's a, a solid, solid plan. So, uh, so how how are things? How how's your how's the state of your your nerddom? Is are you are you good? Are yeah, you... man. I'm I'm a little shaken to the core. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little background. So, I I finally caught. I know you didn't get to catch these yet, but I went to the movies twice. I saw. Both Deadpool two and Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, and I, I do want to I do a, a quick little diatribe, which will probably turn into a lot longer than a quick uh, take on these. I'm sure. <laughs> so let me start with Deadpool two. So uh, I, I, Caitlin and I went. We we saw it, and uh, man, good movie, very funny. I know a few episodes back we. Had reported that there were some some concerning takes off of the test audiences. Uh, maybe we and, and actually you made the good call that it could be just um, the minority coming out and just saying some negative things. And it looks like that's what it was because man, that's a funny movie. And, and while it's not like the first one in terms like that one was so shocking. Uh, well, the second one was hilarious. I like the story. Brolin's in it. Um, he, he, he's the guy's just not doing anything wrong right now. So um, loving this, and um, so yeah, Deadpool two is something I would recommend going to. Uh, did you have you heard anything uh, from your circle other than me uh, about Deadpool two? No, I mean I I I, I did catch um, little bits and pieces. I had spoken with. Um, Kevin McCarthy, who is the Fox News, uh, unfortunately, correspondent, um, but uh, that uh, but we we work together in D.C. So he does um, the local Fox affiliate there, but also does nationally covers the uh, Golden Globes and the and the Oscars. And I always get a take from him, even if it's a quick uh, text message. Um, he's always pretty spot on. And, you know, I got like a as expected. Right. Like, um they have the formula. They executed the formula. It's a good take. It's a good 10 bucks to spend. You're safe. Um, you can, you know, he's still don't take the kids still probably not a date. Movie. God, no, don't take yeah, the kids. Go, that, go, with, go, go with your buddies uh, if you can, because your wife won't appreciate this. Uh, so, so uh, listen, status quo and with, with Deadpool status quo can be, is a good thing. So uh, that, that, that's pretty much what I heard. Um, I, I'll catch it. What what I did, uh, interestingly, while you were watching movies, I was figuring out um, a couple things about myself in, in my advanced nerd uh, stage or, or age is um, if, if I don't do it, if I don't go see the movie within the first 72 hours, it's not happening. 
And I'd like to think that it is. And I'd like to think that at some point I might be able to pick it up. If we don't have a set plan and it's not majorly on my radar, it's just not happening within 72 hours. And that's probably not the best thing for a podcast host that covers these kind of movies to say. But um, I, I will say that uh, it, when a new release comes out, uh, you know, we're going to talk about um, Killer Be Killed a little bit this episode. Uh, you know, a good image comic comes out. I'm standing in line. I always am. Uh, mo- movies are a little bit more complicated, but I uh, so in, in any event, I have not seen either of these films. I will not see them in the theater. Uh, I'll wait. You know, I've gotten already both on pre-order through iTunes and I'll I'll be ready to rock and roll then. All right, cool. Uh, And, you know, it's funny because you say that I I, before Nerd Pod, I was if I didn't catch it in that time frame, like Dr. Strange is a perfect example. I had to wait till that thing was out. Um, I didn't get to catch it in the theater because I missed it. And I was like, it's two weeks in. I'm like. Uh, something else is already out. I'm going to go see that. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, but now with NerdPod, it's like I, I make a very conscious effort. I got to go and, and check it out. And um, so Solo, I went and saw. Ew. Solo, Solo, Solo. A Star Wars story. Oh, um, Solo. It's, I don't want to say disappointing because that would be too harsh, but it was not fun either. It was in the middle of those. It firmly planted both feet in the sand. The most vanilla Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Um, I didn't need... And I, I had called this from the you know a few episodes back. I'm like, this is probably the most uninterested I've been about a Star Wars movie in a, ever. Ever. And, um, and I... I I want. I wanted to see it because, and I went with an open mind. Trust me, I was like, I want to like this movie. I, I'm a Star Wars fanatic. It was a story I didn't need to know about. I don't need to understand Han Solo. I really didn't. I had a good understanding of him, and trust me, the way this movie was built, it tied everything in such a nice little package mm. where every question you had about that character was answered in a nice beautiful easy to understand way it just felt contrived i felt talked down to it wasn't for me you know you know it's funny that you, you as you bring that up um i'm hearing uh mitochlorians right i'm hearing um yep. the right i'm hearing the need to describe every single ounce of everything and putting zero trust in your audience and is that a little bit of a symptom of uh, the fact that Disney spent $4 billion on owning uh, Lucasfilm? And do they feel the need to, to pander and uh, talk to the broader audience, let them know uh, what they don't know? Think about episode one, think about episode two, where every single piece of the plot line needed to be explained. That is an old George Lucas, uh, uh, you know, in the second time around quality. And so maybe the movie wasn't going to be that. But, uh, you know, Ron Howard from the American Graffiti days falls into the George Lucas camp as much as Spielberg does. So I think that that's the feeling as I'm listening to you say it I'm, I'm saying that's mitochlorians that's there was no father right that's what that is there's no uh, nothing left to the imagination and you're not trusting uh, your audience and, they, and and that's the difference between uh, you know rogue one allowed you to trust 
that, or that they put trust in the audience that they would put the pieces together. And when you put in, and what you're explaining is they put the pieces together, they laid it out for you and there's nothing left to the imagination. There's no, uh, there's some good character development. And personally, I don't think Donald Glover can do anything wrong right now. I'm sure you'll say he was a bright spot yeah, in that movie. He, you're 100% correct. He was the bright spot of the movie. And, he, and I he, fully he delivered the goods. That. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and to be fair, to be fair, the, the other, the, the cast around, you know, uh, was all, all around very good. It just, I think it's exactly what you're describing. They had a really good cast. They could have delivered something amazing, but they, it, it was just such a coloring book, to, you know, um, you know, draw the, you know, yeah, yeah. Connect the dots. Paint by number. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Paint by numbers. You know what I mean? It, it was just not challenging as an audience member, and I felt very like talked down to. Right? Like they they pandered to the lowest common denominator. Like we did not need to know Han Solo's backstory. Bottom line, and and you brought up a point. Well, you know, Lucasfilm uh, sold to Disney for four billion dollars, so Disney needs to get something out of them. You bought everything. You have every character that ever came out of every Star Wars piece of IP that's out there. And I can just imagine, like, just go back in time to when Solo was announced, right? Solo Star Wars story. We're going to get this movie. It's going to be incredible. It's all about Han Solo. We were at the time going, eh, I don't really want to see that. Yep. Yep. Erase that out of your head. Imagine it was Wedge Antilles instead. Wedge Uh, that. Pilot, Listen, we're in a tent. Every we're in a tent movie. right now, waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it talk about a character like just you want to like some you want to explain a backstory that nobody knows or nobody even thought they would want to know. Wedge is a perfect example. Perfect well, and and, example. and 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 here's the other thing that I think could have um, worked with you know given the character is. Um, you know, a mission. And I'm, listen, I'm sure that there was one, but I, I, you're right. I, I, I don't, we don't even need to, to, to talk about what would have made this a better movie. At the end of the day is they have seats to fill. They have a big Star Wars world in Disney that they need to sell tickets to. And I believe you're going to continue to see, and listen, you described my problem with episode eight, like you with The Last Jedi, you had the ability to, you have a blank slate, right? You have a a new trilogy coming out with all new characters that we presumably saw in uh, The Last Jedi. And this was a, a lot of the of people's problem was, you know, you don't need to leave the canon. You don't need to. There were things that they did in that movie for me. I know you disagree with me, but there are things that just didn't need to. You didn't need to go that far off. And there were opportunities to give a nod to what we fell in love with and that failed to do that. I've talked to you about this before. This mo- that movie episode 8 was made by somebody who did not have uh, you know Kevin Smith would have made a better uh, movie regardless of of that even that he doesn't line up. That original canon, those 9 movies deserved to fall into the line of what we were expecting and not throw because there's only two movies left. It's not like they're they're creating the Skywalk universe again two movies to see it all the way through and just give us a little bit of what we wanted. And, and now they do it with solo. Like they, they, they hand feed and spoon feed on a prequel that doesn't matter, but they, 
destroy the cannon and smash it apart and completely waste your time with with eliminating things that J.J. Abrams clearly put in place on purpose. It's just it's a cluster F to me. And uh, it, there's already reports that Kathleen Kennedy is on her way out at Lucasfilm. And I think it's directly tied to The Last Jedi. She's saying she's going to retire. Wow. There's no way. She, she, If she goes, I believe it's tied to The Last Jedi. And I think that uh, that will be the redemption for Episode Nine, which will still open to $250 million and will still do all of the amazing things that we expect it to. But um, they, they need to course correct. And, and I think that's the bottom line on this is that... Uh, regardless of of your personal feelings on episode eight, half of the half of the universe lives with me on my side, and the other half on yours. That is that was not the case with episode seven. When the prequels came out, it also wasn't the case. So the pre- prequels were well received when they came out. So uh, and maybe not the first; they didn't stand up over time, but they but they were certainly well received. So it's time to course correct. Whether that's the Kenobi movie, whether it's uh, uh, Boba Fett, I, I'm not sure, but they need to course See, correct. Here, here's my problem with them. It, it, you, you take a look at Disney. Okay, Disney is the uh, the controller here. That's the puppet master. Mm-hmm. They have Marvel. They have Lucasfilms. They have all the IP that goes under those two entities. That's right. Or at least what you know what they're like. You know, Marvel. We understand there's some 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 limits there, but point is they have a lot of IP to grab. So. Take a look at those two companies, right? Um, so Star Wars, you have them making the the new trilogy, seven, eight, and nine, and then all these in the, you know, the Rogue One, Solo, yeah, and the announced Boba Fett, and so on. And then you have look at take a look at Marvel. Marvel did the the standards: Thor, Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, Iron Man, right? Iron Man, Even Captain Man, Spider Man, sure, Captain America. Yep. But then they start working in these. Characters no one knew anything about, Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yep. Captain Marvel. So they're not afraid. In other words, that studio is not afraid to go after these deep, deep characters that are like, well, me, will we make two hundred million? Yes, they will because they're going to make a good movie. That's right. It's going to be, you know, it has its own. Um, it's going to stand on its own two feet. Whether or not you watch any other Marvel movie. The original Ant-Man is a great movie. It's fun to watch, right? It sure is. Yep. And Whereas this has been the Solo, in the- I can't watch Solo by itself. I can't watch it by itself. I can't tell you, Coach, to go see that movie because I would feel bad. It's yeah. awful. So uh, It's a Star it, Wars it, movie. It, it is, right? And and it's a different world we live in. And, and listen, a world that I'm not uh, completely un, uh, you know, unwilling to take on at, at some level. So... All right, that's the, I think we I think we can move on from um, from from Star Wars. I, I think that we've got a little breathing room, um, and and time is going to tell. Time is going to tell on more prequels. Time is going to tell how JJ can course correct what uh, Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, screwed up so royally. And well, um, I think they had two learning uh, movies back to back between Eight and Solo. Like those are two big opportunities to like, whoa, we just can't put out anything. Yeah, 
No, that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. So we, uh, we, we can't be lazy. That's right. No, and, and and whether Kathleen Kennedy transitions somebody out or I mean transitions herself out and brings somebody in, I don't know. But uh, I'll be watching that. Uh, however, I would not be a, a surprised if you saw Feige potentially make his way over to taking control of the universe and working towards some. Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't tease me like I, that. I know, man. I know. Don't tease I, me like that. <laughs> I uh, boy, has he proven? Um, I was skeptical about him, but man, he has proven himself worthy as he's our he's, he's our new George Lucas. I mean, he's the he's the guy, right? And think about it. Kevin Feige, he's able to take these complex stories, weave them together seamlessly. Every movie is like stylistically different and he they're weaved together until they hit this pinnacle and he was here's the word, patient. Yes. He was patient. He let them go. He's like, trust me, dark dark world, it's a terrible movie. Trust me. We'll get it yep, works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Trust me, we'll get past it. It works. Because you know what? I hated it when I saw it, but then like right before Infinity War happened, I wanted to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so that's how it goes, right? I mean patience. That's the difference. Yeah. So uh staying in the space odyssey um realm here, I uh, I know that last episode I talked a little bit about um a little bit about Lost in Space, and I, I won't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't saw it yet. It, tell me, how far did you get? Yeah, so I finished, and... Oh, uh, man. Uh, and, how was and, it? Dude, so... <sighs> Here's the thing, is... We're in a new, we're in a new world, right? And I say, I seem to say this every week, but it's true. We're in this, we're we're in this new world. Uh, the way that media is um, uh, presented to us, and there's so many options out there. And I came to a lot of realizations with this show is that it is absolutely female led in a way that is completely digestible not over the top, not, it does not feel forced. You know, it's not, um, affirmative action. It's, 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 it's a, it's a story written for strong female characters that deliver. And if anything, the, the minor complaint is that, um, you know, they did meet head down the leading male characters a little bit. Um, but, but, even that I didn't have a massive problem with because um, I feel like, you know, shows and movies for years have done that to women, right? Like uh, how many times, and Reese Witherspoon tur- uh, points this out, how many times in a movie do you see a woman turn to a man and say, what are we going to do now? Right? Like like right, right, always right. that turn to the male. And that's not the case here. It, it, we're, we're led by a strong female character who is a physicist and a scientist and, uh, and the, and the matriarch of the family. And, and she drives the the story. She pushes it forward. The acting is solid. Um, the kids are great. You have a diverse mixed race family, um, that they did touch a little bit on why it's, it's mixed race. But, uh, I think that's to be determined in season two, Secondarily, what I want to say is, so, so not only do you have the strong heroine in the front, you have the person who I've said on numerous occasions have st- has stole the show, and that's Parker Posey. And she takes on uh, the beta, right? So um, she is, she plays Dr. Smith. Um, 
I, I don't want to say I, I you think you see pretty early on first episode or two that she's going to be the villain in uh, in this show. And she not only uh, takes it in and accepts it and owns it and she's complex and, you know, I don't want I'm not going to compare it to Thanos, but it's along the similar lines. This is a layered, complex character that you know that she's a sociopath, you know that she's crazy. Uh, you know, there's something off about her, but at the same time, you can see what led her to where she is. And so, uh, again, um, this isn't an Oscar or uh, I'm sorry, Emmy winning show, right? On an Emmy winning show. Uh, it's not, it's, it's, there is, there's a campiness to it. It's a sci-fi. It, it has some, sometimes a, uh, Star Trek Babylon feel to it. It has sort of a deep space nine feel to it. Sometimes it is a tiny bit, uh, on the campy side, sci-fi is sci-fi wise. But if you pay attention to Say the, that three times, right, I know, right. <laughs> uh, if you stay, if you stay with the show and you really identify the characters and, and see what they're trying to accomplish, They've done an incredible job. And if there's any Emmy uh, award winning performance in there, it's Parker Posey, who I absolutely love her from the Christopher Guest movies. I mean, from Best in Show, I mentioned this last episode. I mean, that comedically, her timing, her, yeah. And, and so uh, she's just incredible. And and so she does a great job. She smashes it. Um, so I'm going high, heavy recommend. Uh, on this uh, really push forward to get get through even if actually it starts you right off with some serious action and uh, a new spin on the robots really exciting so uh, hop on yeah give it give it a whirl now on the flip side of that I finished and was really excited about starting something new and getting going on Hulu Josh Hutcherson stars in a uh, supposed to be a comedy comic book video game realm set in the future called Future Man, where he and a couple of game characters travel, you know, sort of a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure meets uh, Ready Player One meets. So it's sort of all over the place. I gave it three solid episodes and it is literally the worst show I've seen in the last five years. So uh, you should have seen me, my my face over here. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. I was like, oh, this sounds like, oh man, this sounds really good, really good. Yep. And just (laughs) their half hour comedy and, and what they were going for, they even stole a scene from Kickass, um, and I don't, yeah, I, I, I mean, stole essentially stole the scene, really, like, like the the the, the frame by frame shots if you line them up. And it wasn't an homage. It was a very clear, they stole this scene from Kick-Ass, which is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. So uh, very not good. And uh, stay away from Future Man, but all all glowing review on uh, on Lost in Space. Really, really Lost loved in space. it. Yep. I'll, be, I'll be ripping into that soon, guaranteed. I think, it, cool, I think you're going to enjoy it for sure. So, Yo, and one, one thing uh, before we get to Week in Geek, I, I want to bring up, and I know we're we're a little late to the party here, but we did trust me. We did we were talking about this when it happened. But have you ever seen a music video more important than it just it speaks to the times than um, this is America? Uh, yeah, and I I did want to uh, transition out 
uh, I just didn't want to stay on Donald uh, Glover because I could go on for for days. Um, the guy is just amazing, right? He really is, right? I mean, he's like the quadruple threat. He is. Um, he can do everything. And uh, I knew he was going to be the highlight. I knew he was going to play a great Lando um, in in everywhere he really is. Everywhere he shows up, he he shines like a, a star and um, really important, well directed, well conceptualized. You know, so the, he said they t- took months to uh, to choreograph the dance in that, and so uh, it's just beautiful. It, it really, um, it really is. It really is. I, I I've watched it. God, maybe six times now, and just I'm staring at this thing, trying to unpack everything I'm seeing, and it just it blows me away. I mean, we don't do a lot of music videos on this show yet, or we haven't yet, and this to me is just one of those moments in time, like in, in you know revealing our age here. We we we've been around since the birth of MTV when it was showing nothing but music videos. This is probably one of the most important videos I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. And his uh, here's what I love about it, it, it mostly is that, you know, the media and uh, talk shows he's out promoting or was out promoting solo and uh, they're asking him to to break down the video and he refused. He's not doing it. He's not explaining. He is allowing uh, your interpretation. And so, you know, there's a line where he says, this is a cell this is a tool, right? So uh, there are kids on cell phones up, uh, you know, above him, but it also has an industrial prison type feel to the moment. And so I believe it's moments like that, that both are, I, I believe that's the comparison. That's what he's drawing, right? Is the the cell phone in your hand and the cell that you get put in or, or that um, you know, really 96% of the prison population is black is being put in that cell in that uh it's it, it's one in one right it's it's the fact that uh the, the the corporations that are running your phone are essentially the corporations that are running the prisons and it's a systemic big problem and the fact that he won't explain that uh and and hand feed it to anybody is what makes it so impressive and so important it's cool because this is the last thing i'll say on it is it's rare that you that I've listened to the song on its own, and then I've seen the video. And it's one of those rare instances where the song needs the video to really like just smack you in the face. I agree. Right? Yep. The I- song on its own is, is and to me, the song is wonderful. It's it's one of the best songs of 2018, if not this entire decade. Yeah, I totally But when you totally couple that with the video, man, it is like getting hit in the face with a sledgehammer. It really is. Uh, you know, starting with the Jim Crow pose, uh, moving oh all the God. way to the choir, to everything. It's really, really, really impressive. And uh, I promise, and, and this is the, the, the last point that I'll make, and it's something that I put in the show notes, is that uh, we'll remember 2018 for This Is America before we remember it for Solo, a Star Wars film. So, um, and, and that's probably a good thing that's probably a good thing so uh, um so so moving on and staying you know we try not to get too political we're not jumping into the individual things here but uh, we also have to acknowledge the you know rhinoceros in the room uh, of of entertainment and that is uh, roseanne barr 
Roseanne, Roseanne. Yeah, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. The um, so it's 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 just like you're right because before we go any further, I just want to make sure we say this again. This is not a political show. <laughs> we're we're not taking sides. We're not doing anything like this. But Roseanne, why, why? <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I wish that I could blame my problems on Ambien. Um, I, I he, here's what it breaks down for me, and I don't want to spend a whole ton of time on this. I do want your your take on it, but what what sort of dry is driving me insane about this process is, and it doesn't matter where you stand on this. You can stand on the left. You can stand on the right. Uh, you can have your own personal feelings on it. My feelings are, and what's driving me crazy is the Samantha B comparison. And, you know, we live, people make the common mistake that we live in a democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic and we're capitalists. And so first and foremost, when we wake up and go to work, we, we work for we work in the private sector. We don't work in, in public. So when we show up to work every day, it's about the amount of money that we bring in for the company. And whether that's whether you work in marketing or in the front end or however, it's about driving revenue and making decisions every day to drive revenue for your business. At the end of the day, what Samantha B says, if it was a risk to TBS and they thought they would lose revenue because of it, she would be off the air if they if they. And so this is not about Donald Trump. This is not about politics. This is about a business decision. This is about ABC hedged it had a decision to make. OK, there was horrible racist tweets sent and said. And when faced with that, ABC. Now, the show was on on track to make one hundred million dollars. Right. So. They had a $100 million decision and they said, I can go A and we can continue on and make $100 million with this show. However, we're going to lose 75% of our audience and, and probably for other shows as well. Or we cut bait here and people continue to have faith in our brand, whether that's Disney, whether that's ESPN, whether that's the parks, whether that's Marvel, whether that's the TV ratings, the radio shows, whatever. And so... Uh, they made that decision. I think it was the right one. But but I think that that was a discussion that happened. This is not about fair. This is not like Samantha B gets fired because Roseanne got fired. That's not how capitalism works. And so and and when the government and, and people are trying to tell you that that's how it works, you need to be up in arms and you need to remember that we're capitalists, that we have a constitution that protects us. And that's as simple as it is. It sucks for the rest of the cast. It's something that you say all the time. But a business capitalist decision was made and it's got nothing to do with Samantha B. It has to do with the bottom line. That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll take that. Um, so in another way to think of it is ABC's president, Channing Dungy, um, very, very strong woman. Um, she's also black. She saw that tweet and wasn't going to have any of it, right? Yeah, she's backed by Disney, but she has been it's been proven she is a no-nonsense woman. And if you're going to work for her, you're going to work for her company, you're not going to pull junk like that. So the bar, and pun was intended there, the bar was set very, very low. Yeah. All you need to do is not be a racist. Yeah. We we fully support you bringing in, and trust me, Roseanne's show, 
very interesting show, all right? Mm-hmm. It's bringing in a conversation we need to have as a society when you have supporters of the president with people who were against that president coming into one place and showing it on a TV show. Because, listen, yeah, it might be Roseanne's name on it, but the writers, the actors, the other folks involved in this show are not sharing the same beliefs. So it was addressing actually a very important discussion that needs to happen, yeah. right? Like, how do you talk to your relatives who are, to you, an opposing view? Yeah. So, and the ABC, Disney, they were supporting that show. But when you say something as just stupid as that, as stupid as that, for the world to see, and when it's on the internet, listen, it's the internet. It's there forever. No matter how quickly you delete that thing, if you're a Roseanne Barr, that thing is seen by thousands of people in a matter of a second. It's forever. You're done. Yep. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done because you're working for Channing Dungy. And to your point, yes, it's capitalist society we're in. And they made a very calculated decision. You know what? We're going to get rid of this show because we'll survive. We don't need that money. We don't need that money to be represented by racist views, which our star is clearly talking about. Samantha B is a whole nother thing. TBS is a comedy network. They're always pushing the boundaries. Samantha B has said that word before. The C word. She said it before. She'll say it again. Yeah, she sure will. And so the timing of it was very interesting to me because I'm like, if I was a writer, I'd be like, you know what? This is probably not the right time to do this. Seeing what happened with Roseanne. So that tells me that like they saw the, the landscape and they made a calculated decision. You know what? Any press is good press. Let's go with it. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's possible. And uh, uh, like I said, I don't want to spend uh, in, uh, you know, too much more time on, yeah. on this, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it was a vile, it's disgusting. It, it really is. It just shouldn't ever be, been said. I, I, and entirely. And so I'm glad no matter what, um, that ABC, regardless of the motives, whether it's, um, you know, their leader, that whether it's, uh, the fact that, uh, it would have cost them financially more. I guess it doesn't matter. The end result is um, the right thing was ha- that the right thing happened and relatively quickly. So um, cool. Yeah. D- out with uh, out with Roseanne. And how about we jump right in to the week in geek? I've been waiting two weeks for this week in geek. I know. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. And we, and we did a lot in the intro, so we didn't have to put it all in the week in geek. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> a ton of week so, in geek this week. So, oh my. It seems like every minute there's something else breaking too. So let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm going to start with like sort of a, um, because we haven't had enough and we haven't touched on, on it in this show all that, that much is that uh, HBO. So essentially, right. So here's how it went down. Um, you know, when, when every record was broken in season season seven of game of Thrones, a total of seven prequels were, I'm, I'm sorry, seven spinoffs were ordered. Right. And, um, we've seen different names associated and attached with the different pilots and the different things or the different projects. And, uh, I heard everything ranging from, it could be a, a modern day Westeros. Like we could see Westeros today, uh, and what condition that they're in. Uh, but so, so all of these were at least written and presented. And as of today, uh, or as of a couple of days ago, HBO has ordered the pilot. So they're out of that writing stage 
on a prequel set in Westeros in their golden age, right? So the network, this is a direct quote from the network that says, uh, from the horrifying secrets of Westeros history to the origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East to the Starks of legend, it's not the story we think we know. So this is going to be ancestry. This is going to be uh, the Golden Age. This is going to be pre-Robert's War. This is going to be pre-the books. Uh, they have signed George R. R. Martin to write uh, parts of this this prequel. Um, and right now, uh, yeah, so it's exciting. We're going to get a, uh, a pilot, which means it's going to get scheduled very likely in 2020 uh, while the buzz and the burn is still on. And quickly... Uh, Wow, man, that sounds exciting, man. Um, and so you're saying George R. R. Martin is involved? Is involved? Yes, is 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 supposed to be penning at least some of this uh, script is going to be. So high. he seems to be more into the TV shows and into his own books. Is, is what I'm seeing. Uh, I think so. I think it's easy money. I think that. Um, He's lazy. Yeah, it's, it probably. <laughs> it's easier to write a TV treatment than it is a, a, a novel. It abs- that's a thousand no, that's, plus pages. That's a great point, and that's absolutely true. So um, <laughs> in other news, um, so we know that the Watchmen series is in development now at HBO. We got some names attached to it, although we don't have- Right, um, I've heard some interesting things about this, and interesting in, in ways. I've heard some ta- like. Some feedback as to what the story is going to be. Yes, and and I'm hearing new things. I'm hearing uh, people we've never seen before. Uh, so, you know, especially in the uh, Snyder film, um, they're going to develop some different kind of characters, and that's exciting. Some names, the names attached uh, right now: Regina King, of course. Um, Jerry Maguire fame, and she's been in everything. Um, Don Johnson, who I guess I could see, uh, yeah, Miami Vice and some other, you know, Tin Cups uh, movies, definitely an 80s icon. I could actually kind of see him as the comedian, although they have not attached, again, nothing attached to any comedians. Um, And then Louis Gossett Jr. added uh, to this cast as well. So uh, you're starting off pretty strong if you've got Regina King, Don Johnson, and Louis Gossett. Uh, Again, non-specific character roles. But uh, Well, I was listening to, um, you know, just to bridge on this for a second, uh, Kevin Smith uh, on one of his podcasts, I believe it was uh, Fat Man on Batman, they were talking about the Watchmen, this Watchmen show, and it's not going to be based off the Watchmen. It's going to be, I think it's after the series or before the series, but it's not the Watchmen. Okay. All right. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure it, that it, I've heard exactly that, but um, yeah. We were I mean, talking maybe. about it because Kevin was, uh, actually Kevin Smith was was pretty like, well, you can't call it the Watchmen if they're not the Watchmen. All right. So. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um so that's, so I, that's I, I have heard those names. I've heard a little bit, but again, that's through a podcast I listen to. Um, sure. So, so yeah. um, and interesting. I mean, I mean, I mean no it, matter what, it just it's what I had heard. Yeah. So I mean, anything pre Watchmen would have been um, the the Minutemen, right? Um, yeah. With the original. So this might be Silk after Spectre the and all that. after the the this I think is after the story after the book. All right. Is what, so is what? All I, right. Eighty percent of my brain's telling me that's what I heard. And I'm just. So, all right, cool. Um, I'm de- I'll definitely be um, be watching it. So, um, okay. So, what else happened this week? Um, something big, big that we're going to cover in a second happened earlier in the week. But uh, about two days ago now, we got uh, we got the Ant Man and the Wasp poster. Yeah. 
Very um, exciting. I, I'm so looking forward to this movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, but um, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. What are you talking about? Uh, you are in you better it. Better be do it. And so, so <laughs> let me ask you then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this around, and I'm gonna say, what did they consult you on? Uh, I mean, they threw out a little Easter egg at the end of the original, the first movie where um, we heard Hank Pym say that uh, she went, that, that his wife went subatomic and ended up in a missile that got uh, blown to the bottom of the ocean. And, and, and so I, I think that I, w- I thought I would see it develop over the next couple of movies where uh, there would be a movie strictly about the Ant-Man and the Wasp and Hank Pym going to find Janet. And, uh, and so to open up that poster and to see Janet um, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, I, I, I'm like, wow, are they like, how is this going to be set? It's not a, yeah, let me just tell you my, my decision was let's blow all the secrets out right away on these promotional posters. It's such a great idea. All right. Sarcasm. All right. Paul, Paul (laughs) Rudd, you are known to be a, a sarcastic guy. Um, so if I could talk to Caleb again, um, yeah. you can come back. So, so very disappointed in this decision. So, I, uh, I'm going to see the movie no matter what. I mean, you could chop all my limbs off. I'm going to see it. I love the first one. I'm going to see the next one. Very disappointed. Like it's looking at the the, the, the posters they released. Um, man, I don't want to know who Ghost is. I don't want to see Janet. I, I don't. I just keep this stuff hidden, right? I mean, you have to. If that's the story, like. You can never draw the assumption that Janet Von Dyne shows up like out of nowhere. And, and great. She's got a, a mask. There's some questions about, you know, d- does smoke go and f- I mean, does ghost go and find her? Does I, I, I. OK, so there's some unanswered questions, but that's a big reveal. That's a big big And, and the storyline was a stretch to begin with. But to just put it up on a movie poster, I, I, all I'm saying is, is this the first real blunder? Is this the first like People are not like, like, unless they're just going to come over the top, like Sylvester Stallone style, right? Over the top and just go, oh, yeah, by the way, bow, <laughs> nice. bow. We had a plan for this the whole time and ha ha. Fingers going over the thumb, baby. All right. Mm. Um, I am, I'm Feige, bitch, and I figure <laughs> do things what I out. Want. I do what I want. So he's like the Cartman of, uh, he, of everything. That's right. I mean, I, I do what I want. And it's, and it's possible that that's the case, but. Wow, just big cojones. I'm going to blow out every one. spoiler I can on just promotional movie Just posters. this movie right here. Because I do what I want. I'm my own authority. Uh, I respect my authority. <laughs> so I, they're like, they went full Morpheus, gap tooth with a smile. Like they, I mean, they just, that was like the most shameless. I just, I hope that, um, that they, that they're doing this right because Boy, uh, my, my, my instincts might like my spidey senses are really going off on this one. Like, you know me, man. I avoid spoilers like the plague. And when I saw those, I, I was texting you right away like, dude, what I, am I seeing? Here? I was like, wah, 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 wah. Like, because, because I said it to you. Like I made that prediction and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, we're going to see Janet in this next movie. And you're like, yeah, yeah, they did put that out there. Maybe flashbacks or predictions are one thing. Yeah, we're going to see something. And then 
You but just the, see a Michelle Pfeiffer who would be the equivalent age of, you know. Um, yeah, of, of um, yeah, Michael Douglas. What's his name and, there? And, and, yeah, Michael yeah, Douglas, uh, yeah. It's just, so let's do it, I guess. <laughs> they, need this, they, they need the uh, trademark nerd, nerd pod spoiler alarm is what they need. Uh, yeah, they really do, and they should be, uh, uh, just, so anyway. Well, well, hey, Disney, we'll, we'll give it to you for uh, 15 bucks a use. That's all. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can, we'll get somebody from the licensing department to give you a call. Um, so in any event, uh, we'll keep our eyes on it. I mean, there's not much else we can do at this point, but other than to keep our eyes on it. But uh, furthermore, so I, I kind of saved the biggest for almost last. Um, holy crap. Andrew Lincoln is out. After season nine of The Walking Dead, wow. I, I just uh, my my head my my head hurts like my whole body hurts. I don't I don't, I don't understand what's happening, and uh, uh, because listen, he's Rick Grimes now. I I don't you know if Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter, Andrew Lincoln is Rick Grimes. There's just like I, I'm sorry, it, it, it's it's you know you're not doing any more about a boy movies, my man. It's over for you. So I guess he could go and do British theater or something. But I he it's 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 over. It's over. Um, any 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 uh, credibility or chops that you had left are uh, are in Norman Reedus's back pocket. So maybe he can go uh, spin some. D- he did. DJ with uh, what's his name there, Carl. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, he's that, doing the gigs now. Yeah, that's pot. Yeah, and I, I think he's with Hodor, right? Him and Hodor are doing it yeah. together. Yeah, 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 they're all they're all spinning like after parties and yeah, you know, at the Oscars. Yeah, so that dude really like Rick. Like, first off, Andrew Lincoln, amazing job as as Rick Grimes. He really he became the character. Like for a lot of the comic fans, like you have a vision of Rick Grimes from the comics. Yeah, and then this this. British guy comes in and it just morphs it and takes it over. And he does a wonderful job. Like I've been watching the show religiously. I know you haven't as, as much It's just, you know, but he has, as an actor done an amazing job, like to go into yeah, I, Georgia in I the middle disagree. of the summer and shoot those, you know, that, that series. I mean, literally like he just acting, just dripping wet. Like you get sprayed with a hose, but no, he didn't get sprayed with a hose. That's just how disgustingly humid and hot it is. And just, just killing it. Every scene like Andrew Lincoln, man, forever get respect from me. Like I will watch him at anything. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't blame him. I blame, um, Kirkman who I'm actually going to touch on something about Kirkman after this segment too. But, so uh, interestingly, uh, episode, uh, season nine is going to be what ends it, and uh, in maybe he has a great agent or is just a smart business person. But Reedus, um, Norman Reedus, who obviously plays Daryl Dixon, who is not in the comic books, um, that is a star of that show, uh, said for twenty million he wants twenty million dollars uh, per season, per season. That's more than a million dollars per episode. Uh, to continue the 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 legacy and here's the thing is that uh i mean friends the friends cast and the seinfeld cast were making a million or a million five uh per episode at the peak of you know three major broadcasts in america maybe it's 20 million total but i i so here's the thing that norman reedus was in the boondock saints that's it 
Andrew Lincoln was in About a Boy. Uh, and what's the movie that I have to watch every year with, with Caitlin? Uh, Love Actually. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I love Actually. Yep. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, I don't think that this show should stay on the air for one. But if but if they're going to stay on the air, if they if they need to stay on the air, I think they can do it with a cast led by. You know, uh, Morgan, really. I mean, I, I don't know that you need to pay Reedus um, tw- $20 million. Morgan? Mor- well, he's leading the Fear of the Walking Dead crew. Right, right. You said that. So, But but I'm saying my point is anybody, everybody. I mean, I think, I, don't, I don't know who's dead or alive at this point. Negan uh, switches over uh, in the comic books and becomes more of a, a good guy. No reason why Jeffrey Dean Morgan couldn't lead that show moving forward so with a little creative writing. So they are so far removed from the comics now. It, it, they can literally do anything they want, and it's it's so far removed from the comic story. It, it it's its own thing. Um, so you're right. If they wanted Jeffrey Dean Morgan to take the lead, which I personally would love, I am Team Negan all the way. I've always been, <laughs> even in the comics. I'm like, I like this guy. He's likable. Uh, he is. So yes, you you could totally do that. And and what's interesting. The thing about it is like, well, how does Rick Grimes go out? Like, is does he pull a Morgan and he just walks off the sunset? I doubt it. Or are we going to kill him off? Um, and that's going to be a tough thing to view and to watch. Like, here's a guy that we've devoted nine seasons to as an audience, fell in love with him, his family, his son, his you know, his wife, his daughter, the people that he's protected, and as a viewer watching him go down. And it's it's hard to understand why this is it. Is it is it Andrew Lincoln saying creatively, you know what, guys, I've done everything I can do on this show. I do not want to do it anymore, and I'm leaving. Or is the show saying, you know what, we're going to in a completely different direction, and we're going to basically dynamite this series and, and restart because we've seen what Fear the Walking Dead is doing. Yeah, and, and so I think just time is going to tell, and I think we're going to see more and more things uh, come out of that camp as to what's happening because now I'm hearing other people are wanting to leave the cast. So what I will say in closing is um, the fate of comic book men, I believe, is directly tied to the to the Walking Dead. And as much as they seem to love Kevin and and the gang, uh, I fear that if the show goes off or gets canceled, it's it's the end of comic book men, which is um, would be sad for me because it certainly keeps me going. So and and to the audience, if you're not watching that already and you can watch it it's i think it's definitely streaming it's something you get on demand it's a fun show to watch it's a real reality show based in the comic book store with a bunch of like just goofball guys that you've probably seen in if you're a fan of kevin smith in his movies just watch it it's good get them the views help make this show stand on its own because it is fun to watch man it is it really, they could really move is. it for they a could- nerd if you're listening to this show by this episode, episode eight, Nerd Pod, if you're listening to this show, I, I'm I'm hoping that you're watching Comic Book Men because it is a fun, fun show. It really is. It really is. And and really, uh, our picture in front of the Secret Stash the last time we were there is the inspiration for our own logo. So it re- uh, what, can we just take a second there um, to unpack on that? Because. And this isn't Week in Geek News, but listen, we we took a, a trip before we had even the idea of doing NerdPod or creating the Podacy Network. And that was, let's go to, <laughs> you reached out to me. We were working together. We happened to work together again. 
And like, we're going to go to New Jersey to go to East Coast Comic Con. Well, we went to the East Coast Comic Con and it was cool. It was my first Comic Con I'd ever been to. It was a very small one. So it was like, it's like, we're not going to make you drink from the 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 firehose. K-Rock, let's just get you in there and, and, and you introduce you to this scene. What well, was cool, it was fun. It was like a Comic Con you could do in a day f- for real. You didn't have to go multiple days. Well, we're in New Jersey and we we did all we could do at that, that show. Um and what else are we going to do? We're going to drive down to Red Banks. We're going to go to the secret stash. And man, was that a cool, that was the, that to me is this one of the oh, coolest that, trips I've ever taken in my life, my man. It was, we had a lot of fun and we, we did have some parking problems, got an Airbnb in Jersey, <laughs> Jersey city. Uh, that was a little bit of a, of a, of a, a fiasco, but we, 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 but wait, wait, do you remember, do you, do you remember that the, had the, um, the, the shepherd fairy, fairy Andre the Giant guy, but it was a uh, the misfit skull. That's right, kind of. Like, yeah, that was really <laughs> on the cool. Big water tower. Actually, I think I still have that picture. That was really cool. I do so, too. I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the, absolutely the highlight of the trip. Um, so I particularly went to meet Billy Mooney, who played little Anthony Fremont from my favorite episode of The Twilight Zone. He was also um, Will Robinson in the original Lost in Space. He, he yep, yep. Um, we stood in line for you to meet him and get his autograph. You know, we weren't going to do that, right? Yeah, no, we weren't. We, we were like, we're walking out the, we were leaving. Yeah. And what would happen? And so I, we walked by a booth. Now we were also on a quest for a couple of, of books. We were looking for like a reasonably priced uh, first appearance of Gambit uh, from Uncanny X-Men. And so we, right. we were popping Everywhere. in and yeah. out of sort of booths <laughs> and we get to this. It was literally the very last booth on the right. And I see this. Twilight Zone action figure of little Anthony Fremont, like just sitting there in a perfect case. And I'm like, dude, this thing is like 10 bucks. I can take this and then spend the 25 to have him sign it. We got to do it. And it actually worked out great because when we walked it over, it seemed like everybody else showed up that was on the panel. So we got some really cool pictures of Danny Trejo. We got uh, we saw Marianne from uh, Gilligan's Island. We saw the rest of the Lost in Space cast. So uh, and and Billy Mooney, by the way, was a pompous a hole. I have no problem. <laughs> I didn't want to blow that. the uh, okay. nope. I, the I memory, say, but that's how I remembered yeah, him. Oh yeah, no, he was. <laughs> I'm really glad that I got it, and and yeah. So. Uh, Ultimately, it was fun, but we went down and uh, the highlight of the trip was the secret stash in which I spent way too much money on Kevin Smith. Uh, you don't regret stuff. that for a I second, don't though, man. even at all. And Every you, dollar you spent there, you got to meet Walt Flanagan. That's right. And he signed a, uh, a, a copy and sketched. of his. Yeah, and sketched inside. That's right. Uh, he was digging. And, and he's got a great podcast in his own right called uh, Tell Him Steve Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, which is, again, you know, it's it's not my my favorite from Smodco, but it's a, it's a good fill in if you need to, uh, you know, the guys, all the guys are in that. And so great, great time. That was, uh, it was a lot of fun and I'm sure we'll make our way back down to the stash. Oh, we'll definitely go down there, but to wrap this into a, into a package, like make sure you watch comic book men. That's a secret stash. Those are the people you would meet while Flanagan, right? Um, yeah. Mike Zapsick, Ying, uh, Mike Ming Zapsik. Chen. Yep. Uh, These are the guys, man, and they're 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 for one. Walt was a great guy. Oh, the best. He asked some questions about comic books. He knew everything. Yeah, we you couldn't stump him. Uh, so like, I we weren't too sure how we'd be about asking. You know, hey, could you sign us? He was he just 
opened up. He was like, absolutely, man. He grabbed your book. He's like drawing a picture of Batman. He's signing it. He, you know, do these guys right. Watch the show. Yeah. If you're listening to Nerd Pod, watch the show because the show doesn't exist without that show. And if you can, that is absolutely true. And so, in closing, if you go to the Secret Stash and you're in, you know, the central sort of north central New Jersey area, uh, you can see the poop monster from Dogma. You can see the, <laughs> the Buddy Christ from Dogma. Uh, Jay, yep. uh, I'm sorry, Silent Bob's original coat and hat from uh, Clerks. Uh, the original sign from the Quick Stop at Clerks. So all of that stuff is there, right a lot on of display. Here. Yeah, tons awesome. of movie stuff. Uh, a, a, a poker table that uh, has had an uh, unlimited crazy amount of stars have played at it so uh, which is where you got your book signed my man it is right on that com- right on that table so that's right i got a and, picture of that yeah it's uh <laughs> it was a good time and uh and, and yeah great stuff so um in any event to bring this thing back uh full circle um i i think that yeah that we've covered everything so we're good there um yeah, so I think we should uh, very likely wrap this show up. Um, I do have one piece of uh, uh, of kind of closing out where we're having a little bit of a music kick on this episode. Um, I want to say this was like a cool story. Um, I'm a mega nerd, and I feel like um, cover songs often fall under the that category, and I love stories like this. So. I'm going to say, so after a 14-year-old 90s music fan in current times, right? So a 14-year-old girl, her name is her name is Mary, and mega... So, and you can understand that, right? If she's 14, her parents probably... Yeah, right in that, in that wheelhouse of her parents pounded 90s music into her. So uh, she heard the song Africa by Toto on Stranger Things in this past December, right? And so uh, here's it. And, uh, you know, kids these days just think a little differently than we do, I think. And that her, her instant reaction when she heard the song, she loved it instantly. It's that kind of song. She decided to tweet her favorite band and ask them to cover this song, right? So, uh, and that band is uh, the ever popular funny Weezer, Right. So uh, known for great videos and known. Oh, man. To Weezer. Be, yeah. Yeah. Right. I saw them. I saw them back in 1996 when they just started out at um, Toads in New Haven. In New Haven. That's a, yeah, that's a great, uh, great venue for a band like that. And that blue album by Weezer Amazing. is just. So she it, tweeted Weezer about Toto. About to, And she said, I think that you guys should bless the rains down in Africa. So she. <laughs> <laughs> she really wanted them to cover this song. And so she starts a separate Twitter page of like Weezer covers Africa and gets so from December till about two weeks ago, just pounding this message of she wants them to cover this song. And it is now her mission. She's 14 and her her life's goal. And now this thing is gaining followers and people are, are hopping on. And so, uh, in typical Weezer fashion, they finally tweet back, and just three words, here you go, and it was an MP3 titled Africa, and when you clicked on it, it played the song 
Rosanna, which they covered. <laughs> right? No way. So <laughs> they cover Rosanna, and then you see everybody freak out in Twitter. They trolled her. <laughs> they completely trolled the girl who spent five months trolling. And uh, and so Twitter sort of went up into an uproar. Weezer was trending for a little while. And then about three hours later, they dropped an incredible cover of, of Africa. And no way. So, That's so cool. So now you have the ability to listen to both of those on iTunes or YouTube or anywhere where you can listen to your music. Both are incredible covers and something that you, know, you wouldn't expect any less from a band like Weezer. They're musically sound they've done some really interesting other side projects and uh i mean one of the greatest videos of all time is buddy holly i mean the the the, i mean just incredible so uh so check it out yeah definitely go in check out africa check out rosanna both very cool that's fantastic well so fun right um so for me uh the next few days we have e3 going on for the video gamers out there really uh if you don't know e3 is where the like Sony or Microsoft come out and Nintendo and they they basically show you their hand so to say in poker terms they'll let you know some you know some of the games that are coming out and uh, all the publishers are there so this is a big deal for video games like this is what's what's happening in the next few years right um, usually if there's a new hardware release it's going to be released here or talked about here so it starts today today being Sunday. Um, and so far, what we have going on here is, first off, Microsoft announced a new Halo, um, Halo Infinite, which is three years since the last installment, which is Halo 5, which came to, as far as I understand, was you know, mediocre in terms of a Halo game. I played the first few, and then I gave up after the second, uh, or third one, excuse me, and um, haven't played since. So... I saw the footage. It looks really, really, really good. Halo is always amazing in terms of the way that the controls are, the the character controls. So very cool there. Um, Also, speaking of trolling, Fallout, so Bethesda Games, um, I I watched their their (laughs) their troll of the fans with 24-hour live feed, which nothing happened except for random little things where maybe an employee would come out and drink a beer or or there was like a little hand puppet of the uh, fallout guy uh, anyway 24 hours they they after that they they announced fallout 76 and we had a really cool teaser video such a cool concept for a game oh my god so bethesda today is going to be announcing more about it but the rumors are that it's going to be an open world multiplayer game which is very interesting it's also in the timeline of fallout games this is the earliest uh, game in the timeline so this is the closest to the when the bombs go off if if you know the story of fallout i so, do yeah very exciting news there um and i will be keeping my ears very close i i know um some uh, bigger games uh, for me tomorrow the one that i've been most interested in is the last of us part two uh if if you haven't played last of us yet there's a first off it came out on playstation 3 it's a playstation exclusive they remastered it for four, and if you haven't played it yet, and you have a PlayStation Four, get it. You can probably get it for twenty dollars now. It is a linear story, um, you know, apocalyptic storyline, and it's like watching a feature film. It is amazing. Grab it, play it all the way through to the end, so that way when the second one comes out, you can be right there with everybody else. 
So Last of Us, I'm exp- I think tomorrow at 11 o'clock Pacific time is when they're going to start talking about Last of Us 2. So I'll be uh, listening to that, grabbing some notes for, um, I'm guessing I'm going to try to do some daily updates of E3 So this week. Yeah, so that and that brings a, a great point and a great sort of closing point is um, we're approaching now um, the territory of, of where new stuff is starting to come out. So we have Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con coming up here pretty soon, and New York Comic-Con will shortly follow. Um, we're going to be covering those releases relatively closely. I know we have a couple of cons we're going to ourselves, but we're going to uh, start with live updates. Uh, I'm glad that K-Rock just mentioned that he's going to do some uh, some updates throughout the week on E3. Um, I am also going to be running some separate segments on um, any new release stuff that's um, that's getting purchased and uh, getting optioned into either uh, movie or television. And the biggest addition I wanted to talk about on this show, but we're running out of time, is uh, we have an August release date of the fourth book, fourth edition of Killer Be Killed. Um, I'm going to do a special Killer Be Killed segment this week that will be standalone, where we're going to break down books one, two, and three in anticipation of four coming out, uh, where I'm going to break down who I believe the casting will be on uh, the movie that's been optioned, and we're going to dig in on those books um you know in everything that's been released image wise um i believe that this is the strongest uh the front runner something that's gonna uh pull out i personally think it's better than the walking dead uh ever was and that's one of the greatest books of all time i think at the end it's gonna this is gonna shine a light on mental health on um gun violence on all sorts of things while still maintaining its um uh, level of intensity and violence that you come to expect from image comics. So, uh, can't wait. We're going to, yeah. So, uh, we're going to cover that this week. And then once that's done, we're going to jump into saga after that, which there's many books to cover. Um, so we're going to start with, um, killer be killed, move into saga. And we're, ho- I'm hoping that we turn this into an image review, preview on uh, stuff that's coming out and what you should be paying attention to as uh, it pertains to image comics. So exciting stuff. I have have a question for you. So uh, on a different subject, summer movies, right? We haven't really talked about this yet and I don't want to spend too much time on it here, but let me just list. um, I have a list of nine movies. Give me what ones are out of these nines, maybe the top Two, three, four that you're most excited about, okay? Let me just, I'll read through it. We've got Ant-Man, Wasp, July 6th. Hotel Artemis, June 8th. Incredibles 2, two uh, June 15th. The uh, Will You Be My Neighbor, which is the Fred Rogers movie, June 8th. Christopher Robin, August 3rd. Jurassic World, the 22nd of this month. Slenderman, August 24th. Papillion, August 24th. And Ocean's 8, which just came out on the 6th. So those are nine movies for coming out this summer. And there's some others, like Sicario 2 and everything, but I know that's not really on your radar. What ones, two or three of these that are most exciting to you? Okay, so um, I know that you know the structure of my family, right? There's myself, my, my wife, my daughter, uh, and the two boys. So um, if you look at that family age-wise, even almost looks-wise, uh, you can see that my family is the Incredibles. Eldest daughter... 
two two boys, uh, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. So, um, so yes, so we are the uh, so Incredibles two uh, is I'm way up there. there. I'm right? dying to see that. Uh, really exciting, one of the greatest Pixar movies of all time. So really, you can just go one through four there. Um, so Ant Man and the Wasp must see. I will go see that. Hotel Artemis um, checks all the boxes on. Um, you know, on originality and interesting storylines and a great cast and casting uh, is amazing. Amazing movie, right? casting, like, right? Great director. Talk about an under the radar movie. You really didn't hear it. Start hearing about it until three weeks ago. You know, I I'm hoping that, um, so I, I watched it, uh, the, the trailer again recently. And you know what vibe that I get off this is smoke and aces. Oh yeah. So I'm getting like a, a smoke and aces, an incredible cast. You're like, really all of these people are in that movie. It, it's almost like the male version of like Valentine's day or new year's. Like those, those movies that like John Bon Jovi and Zac Efron and Justin Timberlake and Ashton Kutcher, like how are all of these people? So like the manly version of those movies where it's just everybody that steps on the screen has some kind of, and, and so smoke and aces had so it, it just feels like that. And smoke and aces was not a great, movie so what i'll say is i hope that it has it, it accomplishes the same thing i'm a little nervous that it follows that sort of smoke and aces type five so i'm excited about it i think it's original i think it's smart but i hope it's not too fast paced i i hope there's no clive owen shows up somewhere and i so we'll see but um i'm really excited about that and that uh, hotel artemis incredibles too and you said and one? yeah will you be my neighbor so that yeah one through four there uh are exciting i could really uh i i was never a big winnie the pooh guy although i love ewan mcgregor could care less about jurassic world we already the the slender man ship has passed we watched that we both kind of were in awe of that documentary but um movie not so much and then i don't even whatever on the other ones yeah, I think I'm pretty similar. I, I I would probably throw Christopher Robin in there. I don't know, but I'd say the top five for me. Um, Ant-Man, Hotel, Artemis, Incredibles 2, and uh, Will You Be My Neighbor, Christopher Robin are ones I'm really looking forward to this, this summer. Um, and I, I Winnie the Pooh has been in my family forever, so that one to me looks just... I. I <laughs> I watched the trailer and it did make me a little bit misty eyed. So I'm looking forward to that one. Well, misty. And, I like it. Yeah. And, and there's one other movie I want to mention, um, which I was really holding out hope for, praying that this is going to look good. All those things like, you know, sacrificing chickens and what do you need to do to make things <laughs> yeah. happen, right? Yeah. Any type of voodoo or, or Christian or Catholic, whatever. whatever. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, praying to everything I could that this movie was going to look just a little good. And man, did it pay off. Halloween. The trailer came out this week. And it just, it hits every mark that I wanted it to hit. Creepy. We got the shape back. The shape being Michael Myers just there, right? Just the presence of, of this 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 thing. Um, it has some really cool visuals uh amazing visuals of i don't know if you you got a chance to look at it the way i did i've watched it like five times already uh of the the insane asylum where they're all like it's checkerboard almost and they're they're anchored in so they can only move about nine spaces right uh the the inmates and there's michael and they're showing them the mask and everyone's freaking out and it's just visually like oh my god this movie is not what i expected it to be and then even like 
in the trailer, they're erasing everything from Halloween 2 all the way through every Halloween movie up through um, the Rob Zombie movies. Uh, in just one little 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 statement that they make, and that's the um, one of the friends is asking about Laurie Strode and and how yeah I heard Michael Myers is her brother, and the response from the Grand Order or whatever was like oh no he's not her brother that's just something people made up uh. so in just one sentence erased everything so you got the 1978 Halloween and then you got the 2018 Halloween. Very cool. I couldn't be more excited. Very cool. So that's exciting. Um, and, and that's sort of a, a wrap on on the rest of the, the movie season. But it does bring up the, the closing point here is uh, in our world, when we talk about an NP score, it's like a net promoter score. Uh, I want to flip the script on that and make the NP score the nerd pod score. And uh, this is something that you and I talked about uh, of, of scaling uh, a um, excitement meter and, um, you know, whether it's movies, television. I mean, listen, I'm excited that Hamilton is coming to the local theater. So I think that uh, it doesn't necessarily have to fall into these categories. It's going to be anything that we're excited about uh, and we're going to maybe use the audience to help us develop what that scoring system is going to be. So I did want to just drop that on you. Like uh, the next movie list that we talk about in the next, you know, whether it's an album or a game or, you know, that's really important to this show because we're constantly previewing what's coming, reviewing maybe a little bit of what just came, but more so we're looking ahead to what's next and it's time for our stamp of approval, which we're going to develop and uh, will be in place hopefully by next show. So that's, uh, right on, that's it. It's, I'm uh, in. it's exciting. So that's it. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I'd like, uh, again, to thank everybody to tuning in, uh, to our eighth episode. It's a more of a mega sized episode, but you know what? We had a lot to say. There was a lot to ground to cover today and a lot of things have happened. Uh, and, and it's just the way the news is running, uh, for entertainment. It doesn't seem like it's going to slow up anytime soon. So, you know what, if it takes an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half to get through everything and to get you the, the nerd pod completed. Coach and I, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're committed to it. Absolutely. And so exciting this week. Uh, keep an ear out for some E3 news. Keep your ear out for that review of Kill or Be Killed. Uh, and and talk to us on social where we know that you're listening because we see it. And so uh, communicate. Tell us what, you know, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us you want to be a guest on the show. We're open to everything and anything uh, as long as you keep listening listening and you're enjoying the content so that's all i got and uh all i'm gonna say is all right boys let's close it down all right boys let's close it down look at me man can't you see that i'm dying look at you man doing all your wanting leaning against me like a goddamn bull so close to close my skin starts to glow sweat pouring down You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming NerdPods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.